You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmel, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Thursday, September 1st. BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, teamed up with the crypto exchange Coinbase, in a move that both Wall Street and crypto types are watching pretty closely. BlackRock says the partnership will help clients more easily manage and trade their Bitcoin. It's a deal that comes at an interesting time for Coinbase, which posted a record $1.1 billion loss for the second quarter of 2022. The company's shares have fallen at least 50% this year, but of course they rallied right after that partnership was announced because people were excited about the prospects for them. Coinbase's shares have gained almost 40, more than 40% over three days. So you're really seeing some of the gains uh, come back to Coinbase, a stock that's down still more than 60% this year. Coinbase has also been facing a decent amount of regulatory scrutiny on multiple fronts. For more on this latest Wall Street foray into crypto, I'm joined by Bloomberg reporters Yuichi Yang. This BlackRock deal is really a validation to show that Coinbase is still very much a giant in the industry. And Scylla Brush. So it was essentially an effort to kind of bring into the BlackRock sort of technology fold Bitcoin alongside all these other assets. Yuichi, welcome back to the podcast. And Scylla, first-time guest, looking forward to have you on more. So one of the things I was not necessarily expecting over the past couple of months was perhaps the rate of, I wouldn't quite call it a, a detente, but at least the willingness of extremely traditional Wall Street firms, large, very large, and gigantic to engage with crypto in different ways. And one of the most recent examples that we've had about this is, you know, something you've both covered in different ways, which is, you know, BlackRock teaming up with Coinbase to offer kind of a range of different sorts of services to institutional investors. And Scylla, before we go too much into what that partnership says, can you just explain to people what BlackRock does why, and why they're such a big deal? So BlackRock has $8.5 trillion under management at the moment. That's trillion with a T. (laughs) It's the world's largest money manager, and it does products pretty much ranging the gamut from, you know, the most sort of index benchmark exchange traded funds, things tied to the S&P 500, 
all the way through pretty customized hedge funds and private equity. They're also, you know, since their founding, they've been heavily involved in technology that analyzes risk in financial markets. And they kind of use it for the backbone of both their business as well as for their clients. So clients kind of can use their technology to analyze risks across their portfolios. So uh, they're a massive firm. They're across markets. They're across geographies. And they're heavily involved in kind of the backbone technology of financial markets. And why are they now involved in crypto? So, I mean, I think BlackRock has been watching uh, crypto and digital asset markets, much like many players in the financial industry. And, you know, if you go back a few years ago, they were quite reluctant, like many sort of traditional financial players, to actually jump into crypto markets. And they're, they basically say that they're acting now in response to demand that they see from their big institutional clients. So when their clients want to get into digital assets, namely and specifically Bitcoin in their case, you know, they kind of feel like they have a, uh, a business in kind of meeting their clients where they want to go. And UAG, what's in this for Coinbase? So this is really a much needed validation for Coinbase, uh, a company which has been through a lot, uh, especially headwinds. So far this year, we know that Coinbase um, laid off 18% of staff. Their stock has been dropping along with the, the collapse of crypto prices. They also had to navigate some regulatory uncertainty with their, their products. And we know that they've disclosed certain investigations by the SEC. So for a long time, I, I think the news that, that we've covered for Coinbase is really just negative for the company. And this BlackRock deal is really a validation to show that Coinbase as the biggest U.S. crypto exchange is still very much a giant in the industry, is able to sign on um, the biggest companies from other industries, BlackRock, including um, and then Meta, the parent company of Facebook, is another example to, to help them get on board with the crypto economy. So from Coinbase's perspective, and, you know, to your point about this is good news for them, I think their shares were up like 15% on the day when this news was announced. So Coinbase is getting institutional credibility from having a partnership with, as Scylla explained, the biggest asset manager or money manager in the world. And, you know, Scylla, like, BlackRock is getting um, kind of crypto cred, right? You've got this very large, very established Wall Street giant now able to offer exposure and access to its institutional clients in a way that feels less risky, perhaps, than some of the alternatives. But what specifically is this partnership about? Like, what does it enable them to do? There were two developments in the last month or so. The first is a partnership with Coinbase that allows clients of both companies to use BlackRock's technology, which is called Aladdin, to essentially monitor their risk and their exposures to Bitcoin alongside all the other kind of assets, stocks and bonds, derivatives, other kinds of assets that they uh, have in their portfolio. So it was essentially an effort to kind of bring into the BlackRock sort of technology fold Bitcoin alongside all these other assets. And it was a partnership that then allows uh, clients to kind of monitor their exposures at BlackRock and then also use Coinbase to trade Bitcoin. 
The second announcement was a BlackRock product, a private trust product that allows large institutional investors to invest in Bitcoin. And UHG, you know, one of the things you've been reporting on, obviously, is, you know, Coinbase earnings over the past several quarters and months. And you noted in this, the story that you and Silla worked on, that institutional investors accounted for about three quarters of overall Coinbase trading volume in, in Q1 of 2022. And that trading volume was, you know, upwards of $300 billion. So, so Coinbase clearly has an existing institutional user base But this is also a way for them to allay some of the concerns elsewhere on Wall Street about the fact that their retail business seems to be stagnating a little bit. Right. Well, even though institutional users make up the majority of the trading volume on Coinbase, Coinbase still generates most of its revenue from retail users. And uh, the company management noted during their earnings call that they're still expecting retail users to sit on the sideline during the, the the following quarter, just because we're still pretty much in a downturn in the crypto market. And usually during crypto winter, retails are, are more um, less encouraged or, or, or just not participating as much with trading and investing in crypto. So Coinbase is indeed a, a well-recognized name among the institutional players, uh, especially in the U.S. They're the first public company that gives them a lot of credibility. But then at the same time, we also recently wrote a story about the declining market share of Coinbase on a global level. And um, the reason being that Coinbase doesn't have derivative products offering to the, the retail investors. And then a lot of the crypto trading volumes are in the derivative space. So that means that those volumes are mostly being done over at uh, exchanges abroad. So this is kind of, you're describing something that an, in analysts speak would be a combination of headwinds and tailwinds. <laughs> they have they have some stuff going for them and some things that are a little bit more challenging. I want to go back to what you mentioned, though, about, you know, Goldman Sachs having previously done some work with, with Coinbase, because it sounds to me like one of Coinbase's ambitions has really to become like the go-to for Wall Street. Like if Wall Street is going to do a crypto thing, you they should come do a crypto thing with Coinbase. Is there Are there any other crypto companies that are trying to challenge that ambition? Well, I would say FTX in the US will be another key player. FTX US also has, um, has been investing a lot in the US market. They started um, from overseas market, but they've since launched in the US. They actually also recently expanded into equities trading, which is their attempt to capture a broader base of users, including the main stock uh, retail investors. So they're seen as another strong competitor um, in the US. Up next, you'll hear more from Bloomberg reporters UHE Yang and Silla Brush about the Wall Street partnership that's trying to bridge the gap between TradFi and DeFi. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, 
It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Partnering with Coinbase to make it easier for institutional investors to manage and trade Bitcoin. But remember, and Silla, I want to go back to, you know, the, the second part of the BlackRock deal, which is this private trust that you mentioned. There's a quote in or a reference in, in the story that you wrote about this that said, you know, Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, said up to four years ago, he just hadn't heard of any interest from clients seeking exposure to crypto. That's obviously changed enough for for them to be offering this right now. You report on lots of different major institutional investors, asset managers. What are some of the, the to use a word we like to use here, like the, what's the vibe shift that you're getting in terms of why these folks are increasingly comfortable with and why their clients are in, increasingly interested in this asset class? Relative to Bitcoin, I think many larger traders feel like it is on relatively sure footing or more more uh, stable footing than maybe some of the other smaller tokens in the digital market. So where you see the greatest interest from maybe the the biggest, most established traditional financial players are in those areas, those products which are on that kind of sure financial financial and regulatory footing. I don't think it's a shock that Bitcoin is the one that, you know, people are most comfortable with. And there's those couple factors, I think, that make the vibe feel different now, even in the depths of whether it's, you call it crypto winter or just the meltdown that we've seen in crypto markets this year. Like, I think, you know, so so many people's initial reaction this, this year was like, that's interesting, but like, why now? Like, the market has plunged. And I think the answer to that is about this kind of shift in mindset that some large financial players have had in the sense that like the regulatory setting is sort of more comfortable and sure now for at least some products than it was three, four, five years ago. There are more traditional institutional players in the market. So there's a kind of critical mass effect. And uh, that's sort of why the vibe does feel different, at least relative to certain digital assets. UAG, one of the you know, kind of storylines that you've been reporting out. And, you know, we've, we've sort of written ser- several stories about this is the kind of this revolving door of folks leaving traditional Wall Street firms and banks and asset managers, going to crypto, starting their own thing in crypto, joining crypto companies, sometimes going back <laughs> to those more traditional places or, you know, starting a crypto thing in those more traditional places. Is there anything that you've observed in your reporting about the culture of these crypto companies that pose either opportunities or challenges in these more traditional partnerships? Hmm, That's a good question. I think even within the crypto industry, there's such a vast range of different types of companies, each with their different culture. So it's really hard to just 
characterize them in one way. But I think in general, we know that the traditional finance industry is heavily regulated, and、mm-hmm. the executives there are are very much used to playing by rules and、um, getting clearance. Um, for everything that they do or everything they say, for example, and then when they join the crypto companies,、um, we know that the industry is still very much exploring a lot of services and how they how they promote themselves, and then they're in talks with regulators to figure out the the rules. So it's 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 a work in progress, and we've heard of executives talking about how after they switch to crypto companies, they now have to learn how to talk directly on Twitter, for example. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to send out long tweets as and as as their main form of communication, which is very different from what they used to do, which would have been getting approval from a communication person, sending out a press release, etc. So I, I think there are cultural changes that they have to、um, adapt to. But then at the same time,、um, crypto companies、um, differ from each other. Working at Coinbase、um, will give you a very different experience than working for some of the the crypto startup. Thank you, UHE, and thank you, Scylla. You can find more of UHE and Scylla's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal on Bloomberg.com, or follow them on Twitter. UHE is at UHE underscore Yang. That's Y U E Q I underscore Y A N G, and Scylla is at S A Brush B R U S H. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, why is there an image of a whale on the sleeves of the official uniform of the Chelsea Football Club? Why does a drone racing league need a crypto sponsor? And can crypto companies even afford to continue to spend billions of dollars of advertising in a market downturn? Crypto companies have committed 2.4 billion or more on sports marketing just over the past 18 months. We'll talk about all of this in the latest episode on crypto advertising and sports. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at bloomberg.net, or find us on Twitter. We're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohammed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Zanab Sadiki, Ty Butler, and Moses Andam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidran. I'm Stacy Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with, and that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson. Pete, join us on the Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.